I fell into a ring of fire. I fell in. When you kiss me, fever, when you hold me tight. Fever. Another entertaining weekend of football tonight. We're talking both the men's and women's Phoenix game uh, on Fever FM. I'm joined by Dale, Dave, Cam and Tracy, a full compliment, uh, unlike the two Knicks teams playing on the weekend. Uh, how are we all, peeps? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Frosty. Better for hearing that excellent intro. Oh, wow. That's a low yeah. bar, Trace. Well, to be fair, mate, you don't nail them most weeks, so that's a pretty good one. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, and that's the important thing. We can just close up now and go home because I've done something once. Right. Uh, the men's game, we'll crack on with that because it was up first and that's the way we do things around here chronologically. The starting 11, uh, Lewis out, uh, broken kneecap, I'm told. Yeah, from that challenge again in the previous match, uh, which uh, didn't even warrant a foul or card, I believe. Um, yeah, pretty pretty awful. A knee seemed to hyperextend or something. Yeah, pretty ugly. So, no, he got he got a yellow card for it. He did. Good. Yep. Yeah, I don't remember a card for it at all. So, yeah, it was. Um, obviously, he's gone for about uh, what eight, eight weeks, weeks or something. Possibly, possibly up to twelve or something like that. I think I read in one of the websites. So, yeah, hopefully, he'll be back for the playoffs. But he'd be an ideal addition come playoffs time. I must say that um, when I saw it live, I. Didn't think it was going to be as good as a broken kneecap. It looked like ACL all over. So I'm calling a glass half full and that it's not the worst result it could have been. Obviously, Ugarkovic comes in in his place. Uh, That's not a bad wee replacement. Should we review the ring of mud or should we just say it was a ring of mud? I mean, the surface looked terrible. Um, The side closest to us looked better than the far side and it looked terrible close to us so um, I can only imagine how bad it actually was out there. Uh, how did it look to the rest of you? You were all there? Yeah it was it was ugly. It wasn't um, it was it didn't look nice to play on uh, very patchy was quite damp underfoot obviously that had a fair bit of rain there there was there was you no know, off the actual surface on the rest of the grass there was quite some muddy patches and there were some puddle patches around there as well so it yeah it wasn't wasn't the best surface which is a shame because it has been better and I've been there when it has been better so it well it wasn't too bad a game considering the conditions um I thought it opened up uh both teams playing with a bit of intent um how did it look uh, to you all. Yeah, well, I guess three goals in the first, what, 22, 25 minutes, I guess, suggest that. Yeah, I think uh, their, co- their goalkeeper looked fairly dodgy for the first sort of half and dropped a few 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 clangers, and obviously one of them led, led to the goal, so he, he didn't seem that um, too pleased with the pitch either, or at least the conditions. I'm not going to let the pitch take the blame for that. There was at least a couple that were in the air. All he had to do was jump up and catch. Yeah, there was the one that he, one that he took uh, where he took a knee from Callum Elliott, uh, where it's just gone through his hands. Uh, absolutely simple catch, just gone through his hands. Uh, we'll get to the goal from Costa, but that's a that's a genuine goalkeeping error. To that that's cost him that goal. There's no um, 
there's no blaming the pitch or conditions for that. Uh, pro level keeper takes that catch. Yeah, it's probably the first time he's seen that kind of mud in quite some time. Being Coming Perth from Perth, boy. yeah, fair. But still, you would hope that he would uh, know a bit better than that. Yeah, he looked, he looked very sketchy that first half. He redeemed himself in the second half by just not dropping things, which is a bit of a low bar. Let's just crack straight into the Zavada goal. Zavada just keeps scoring. Not, you know, nothing, nothing overly spectacular about a lot of his goals, but consistent. Funny, he doesn't look like a striker who hasn't scored a bunch. He looks like a striker who's just putting away the ones you expect him to, you know, but a bit of poacher about him and, it, and it's going well. But you look at his career and that obviously hasn't been his history. So he's found that found that role with us and it's working for him. Found that level, eh? He, um, he's, yeah, he's just, he just appears clinical. And I agree, I wouldn't have said that about him when we first signed him. But the header was excellently placed and exactly where the keeper couldn't get to it from a very very good cross it was uh, just a very a really well worked goal yeah I mean there's very little else you can say about it apart from that it was just it was almost by the numbers as as a lot of his Zavada's goals seem to be just nothing spectacular no no tap-ins for the most part but just in the spot and he gets the right right place it's about the only time. It's about the only time in the entire game that I can recall him getting free of the man who was holding his jersey the whole game. Like, literally, he may as well swapped because the number of photographs I've got of his jersey being basically pulled off his torso is staggering. It's almost every photo I have of him. So, yeah, it's the only time I can actually recall him being free of that kind of serious heavy man marking. Maybe maybe they learnt quite quickly, but quite impressive given you know Perth play with three giant centre-backs as well for him to get that much space and for Tim Payne to, to find him you know, was was um, quite, I guess, excellent work for, from both of them. Yeah, it was, it was a very good um, cross from a long way deep too, which is unusual. Um, you mentioned the centre-backs. Uh, I, I noticed that they eventually got to the point of double-teaming Zavada every time basically the ball was hit long at it was normally one of the centre backs and a and a fullback, but it kind of shows that they were really worried about the, his ability to to get to the ball and if he does that to bring it down and um, play play for the next pass. Maybe it's a little bit of conditions, knowing that you know under those conditions um, we're probably going to play a little bit, bit more sort of wide and deliver kind of game than trying to to run it through the guts. With, the, with you know not being able to pass as as well as perhaps we would normally and, and expecting a few more kind of deepish wider crosses uh, for most part of the game. And once we went down to ten, taking off a forward player was always going to create a bit of a uh, a double team on Zawada, who does play a decent nine hold up job, but you know he was getting very heavily marked when he was the only one up there. Yeah, yeah. I I, th- I don't think it was a bad tactic by them, to be quite honest, in those conditions. the uh, You mentioned uh, the the error by the keeper and uh, how it came back to haunt him. Genuinely, by this stage, I thought you'd be, as a coach, you'd be looking to sub that keeper. He was just playing so badly. That cold drop prior to Callan Elliott um, whacking into him. But this one again, the ball's been crossed in, and uh, he's just he's just dropped it. 
Is there any mitigating factors for that? I'm not being too harsh. It was raining a bit. I'll give him that. There was a bit of rain in the air, but no, nah, that he, he's just dropped that. That's just a, he's just screwed that up. Yeah, I think so. I think you can you can say the conditions weren't great, but you still expect a keeper at this level to take that. But we also see A League uh, keepers make mistakes like this with reasonable regularity. So it's not it's not like it's the worst mistake we've ever seen in the A League, but it's a cold drop. You can blame the the conditions slightly, but you should still be taking that. The fever were living rent free in his head. That's what was wrong. Yeah, well, you were. You were great. I got to say, you guys were excellent in that game. Loud almost the whole time and funny oh some of the stuff you're coming out with was really good like you haven't been in that good a form for quite a while i think we should get you at the pub at nine o'clock in the morning every match day because that was worth it i was gonna yeah. say we haven't been that drunk as a zone in a while yeah no, even, even better than the pub crawl day you know what i mean it just it really was it was just one of those days one of those situations where it all comes together and it really is quite enjoyable to listen to Cam, given you guys, or given you uh, sponsored our, our beers on the bus, I think you probably take a credit. So waiting for that invoice, by the way. <laughs> you might want to chase that up. <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting to know because I haven't I haven't watched a replay myself um, in full, but whether or not that uh, that vibe actually came across in the TV coverage because I know we didn't have it no. in front of us, so I suspect it didn't. Um, I suspect you had, to, you had to be there to enjoy it because I yeah normally the Fever Zone has a mic in front of it and and nothing. Um, over that side at all um, that I could see. So I suspect people probably thought we were dead silent all day. You could, I, I was watching at home and you could definitely hear when some the, the chants went up, uh, especially towards the end. But yeah, couldn't hear any banter, that's for sure. The guy, just, yeah, that keeper just looked like he was having a moza. I, I can't even say it's the worst keeping performance I've seen in the last two weeks because I saw Matt Acton play two, oh, was it against Perth as well, I think, and he was fucking appalling. I mean, he, he he deserved, he deserved the it's nice to see you catch one when you cracked it out and that was fair, that was fair. Yep, unfortunately um, the 2-0 uh, head start didn't last very long. David Williams, um, what can you say about the guy? He's just, I mean, he's a million years old, but he's still got it. He's a bloody lovely guy, and I congratulate him for what was a very, very good performance, and I don't begrudge him a couple of goals. It sucks that we didn't win, but uh, I'm okay with him scoring because he's awesome. Yeah, it's a shame the, the first goal was, was well, fairly defendable, I think. Moragas, absolute just... He's had an absolute mozzer there, hasn't he? He has, yeah. He's just kind of, I don't know, maybe expecting... Is it Katrimbus? Is that him? Yeah, it was Katrimbus. He just went for the wrong foot. Yeah. Okay, it kind of won't quite work out. He kind of like dived in without diving in. He kind of, I don't know, he's kind of maybe expecting Katrims to stop or something. And Katrims just, just overrun. Just yeah. overrun it, you know? And you could see on his face, as soon as he's done it, he realizes he's been done and he's screwed up. And that he's caught, and he's, you know, it's it, it's let the man in behind. It was, it was, there weren't the conditions to go diving in like that when. The only place Katrimbus could go was the byline or pass it back, and you know it was uh, it was a pretty poor decision by him. Yeah, unfortunately, he said uh, he's done really well going forward, and his crossing's fantastic. But wow, he's yeah, he screwed the pooch there. Uh, are we putting this on uh, the defending in the box as well? It was a, it was a little light. Well, I think it's pretty hard. Like, yeah, if you're standing start, you've got Kalinelia versus 
David Williams, like a meter out from goal, like y- y- your attacker should win that most of the time, I reckon. I'm, I wouldn't call it a standing. Um, I would say Elliot's lost Williams. Williams has managed to get get free, uh, not by far, but get into a really good position for that cross. And Elliot's come back to him late, so he's because he's not got the same vertical uh, base to get the leap. Williams is always going to get higher. So it was a good cross and a very nice header. But yeah, it's um, if Elliot had been on his man as he should have been, I don't think it would have been quite as easy a finish. I, I was thinking more might maybe one of the centre backs that really didn't seem to be protecting. You would think in that heavy boggy day, you're getting in very tight when you're a central defender and just looking for those heads. In those positions, as soon as Katrin has gone back, you're protecting that six-yard you know, penalty spot area in the centre of the goal, right? You're looking for the cutbacks. Whereas the guy just smashed a shot at Ollie. It's kind of rebounded back to him and he's looped him with the, with the following header. So, you know, I wouldn't expect your, your, your centre-backs to be protecting your, your back post behind a goalkeeper. Oh, no, no, no. Not behind the goalkeeper. I was just thinking more just to be on that six-yard line. Just basically act as a... Act as a, a just a deterrent, bodies in the way sort of thing. Anyway, that's just an opinion. Um, having played Anderson Park many times, you do tend to just sit in there and just let the ball hit you. So that's 2-1, uh, and everything felt okay by the time we were rolling to half time. Uh, not as good as it would at 2-0 up, and certainly not with a couple of drinks in front of you and a keeper that's looking pretty dodgy. How did you guys feel... Uh, when halftime rolled around with, at at the ground, did it feel like this is a this is our game, or was it feeling a little tight? I, I thought with eleven we were the better team, and we were going to go on and win that game comfortably. Yeah, it kind of, the game kind of settled down a little bit, didn't I? I can't really call and watching the replay. I don't think there were many chances up until halftime. After that, like it kind of everyone kind of just got into a groove of trying to deal with the pitch. And, you know, game being played a little bit more in the middle of the park. Yeah, so it felt like, you know, it was pretty even, I think. By the time it was half time, they had one shot on target. We'd had two shots on target. So every sh- no keeper had made a save at half time. So yeah, it, just, it felt like reasonably even, perhaps, you know, but based on our two chances, you know, probably deserved um, half time lead. There was one moment of excitement. Obviously, um, the uh, Timmy Payne's little effort on goal that was the wrong direction. Ollie Sale having to make a pretty fine save in the end. Yeah, a pretty comfortable save, though. I don't think. Oh, it was... Payne was very close to him. Yeah, Ollie's positioning was excellent. And, um, yes, he's made a reaction hand movement, but, you know, he's he's in the right place for exactly what's going on. So it doesn't, doesn't look as spectacular as it may have done. Yeah, uh, we should probably get into uh, Tim Payne's other... Um, moment of entertainment uh second half beginning 56 minutes in uh through ball a fairly direct through ball put from the middle of the field david williams has tried to run onto it uh tim payne has should we say run into him would that be a fair description accidentally clipped his his running legs behind him as he's or, let's go with he's He's run into him. Uh, referees shown a yellow card originally, and the VAR has come in and said, maybe you need to look up out at this. Um, after a long time of looking at 
on the screen, um, the refs come back, retracted the yellow card and or rescinded the yellow card and given Tim Payne a straight red. I guess we're going to spend a couple of minutes talking about this. First of all, how do we feel about the foul? It was a foul, was it? Uh, yeah, I think it was a foul. Um, I think he's... To be, to be clear, I, I don't necessarily believe this was a dog so, but I can understand why it was given as a red card. I don't necessarily think VAR should have got involved, but if it had been given as a red card when it first happened, I would have understood the decision from the referee given the context of what I could see. I definitely think it was a foul. Do we? Uh, how do we feel about the, I guess, the yellow card? I mean, on replay to me, it looked worse uh, the more I saw it, but that sometimes is the case with uh, yellow cards. I thought he just clipped the back of his leg, but it kind of looks like he kind of raised his shoulder and arm a bit to make sure he got him. Have you guys seen the replay or are you just going on still live? I mean, it doesn't really matter how he's been fouled. It's a foul. Uh, it doesn't matter if he's clipped legs or, or pushed him. You know, it's still a foul. I think the, the, the question is, is, was it a clear goal, goal scoring opportunity after that? Uh, I, th- I think what Tim Payne was trying to do was, I think he was pre- expecting a ball between the two two central defenders and a, we were trying to squeeze Dave Williams out of the out of the way between the two centre backs. But obviously the, the ball became went on a slightly different angle, and so um, it looked much worse because of that. Well, um, the reason I I ask about the the um, more intentional aspect is because that seemed like it would justify the ref pulling a yellow. As though he's going, okay, look, you've deliberately run into him there. That's a yellow, that's a foul, free kick. Uh, VAR gets involved and says, well, dog so. Which, I mean, if you've given the yellow, surely that means that you don't think it's a dog so. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think the ref clearly didn't think it was dog so. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think it looks like a yellow card foul to me. Probably, there's there's a few things you could give it for, but... I think in the context of the game, I don't mind it being yellow. You can tall, call it breaking up a promising, promising attack. You can argue it was a bit of a professional foul. You could call it just persistent infringement or something. You know, you, it doesn't really matter what yellow's for. I think you, you see that challenge, you see the situation, and I think you feel like a yellow's probably justified there. But dog, so it just to me isn't isn't clear cut here. I think at best, I can see an argument for the VAR saying maybe you want a closer look, maybe you didn't see all the moving parts because live it's always going to be difficult to see all the moving parts. But I think you watch this more and more and it looks less and less like a dog so, not more like a dog so. Um, I just think he's not regathering the ball. There's enough enough people there potentially providing cover. It just, it just doesn't look like dog so. Um, it didn't look like it live and it didn't look like it on replay. But I can see why... Maybe at a stretch you say, are you, you know, do you want a closer look? Because maybe you didn't see all of it. But I think you look at it closely, like the one we saw the other week at Westpac, you look at it closer and go, nah, it's not there. I mean, it's it's interesting watching the replay because it takes a long time for the for the free kick to be set up. And then at the very last minute, as the, the striker's about to start his run and he gets told to stop. So it's not like committed foul. And it's an immediate call from VAR to check it out. So, to me, that means maybe even the VAR wasn't exactly wasn't one hundred percent sure yeah. straight away that it was an obvious. Oh, yeah, you've definitely got that yeah. wrong. It, it seemed like he got called over for maybe you may just want to check it out. And, and as Dave said, I think 
some of that is understandable because you're usually looking at the ball. You're not looking where all the covering defenders are, the angle of the ball. There's lots of things to consider there. So it doesn't. I don't mind him going over and having a look. I guess the question is: is does VAR telling you to go have a look then change your perceptions of what things look like? Because if you've got, I think Alex King in the, in in the in the booth, he's done 140 odd. I think maybe 140 odd A League games, quite experienced. The referee out on the pitch has done, I think maybe 14. Do you suddenly say, well, if the ref in the booth has said mm, you may want to look at it, do you subconsciously then think, actually, um, I should just toe the party line here because he suggested it? I mean, even ignoring the subconscious element, which I think is a, a perfectly valid thing to bring up. I think when you're talking about who's in the box and the fact that there's communication throughout that decision-making process, you know, we don't hear those columns, but you know the VAR is is talking to them. You know the ref in the middle is asking questions. You know, there is some discussion occurring while he's watching that. And it's a long time he's over there watching that video. And to me, it feels even, even if not subconsciously, there clearly was some influence coming to him and what he was being told and what he was being shown. And so it might have actually been quite overt in terms of... Um, convincing him into this being a dog so um it'd be interesting to hear the comms because i suspect that wasn't the middle saying i think i see this i think i see this i think there was probably some comms the other way saying do you want to look at this for dog so we think there's no defender there blah 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 i I wouldn't be surprised if the comms were the other way Mm. for me the the dog so comes down to like i wasn't even sure that Williams was getting to the ball. I mean, and even if he did, he was going to be so tight to the bo- to the goal line and at an angle that realistically he's not getting a shot away. Yeah, I think the thing that that kind of tips it for me is the angle which the ball's played. So it's played from the center outside the post. So it's going it's going slightly away from goal and that means it's it's traveling towards more where our right back is is already tracking and if you you do your pythagoras theorem you go well elliot's got the quickest you know chance to go and there just seems to be a bit too many hurdles to say this is going to be a clear shot on target after that yeah i think that's exactly right i think there's a few like when you look at the criteria they're meant to con- be considering you end up with maybe a few maybes you don't end up with this is clear goal scoring opportunity for me. I think you end up with maybe he regathers it, maybe he gets a shot away, maybe it's on target, and maybe he's in a decent position. I just I just don't see any of those being like, yes, he regathers it, yes, he's shooting, yes, it's a good position. I just don't see any of that. I see a lot of maybes that somehow added to definite red card, which I just yeah, it seems crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the the clear goal scoring opportunity means that the attacker has to have got to the ball first, right? That that has to be your criterion one, right? That's the first the starting point, right? Yeah, and then when he gets to it, where is he in the pitch, and yep. then where are the defenders? Where and defenders? I I, I yep. think the first one, I think you I I and maybe you know we're all biased here, but I I, I struggle to say that we definitely would have got it. It's the same as as the the our one last week. Um, where, you know, he may have got to it first, but I couldn't say he definitely would have got to the ball first um, when Baragas was fouled on the edge of the box. So it kind of sits in the same. Yeah. I, for, for mine, it's pretty much exactly the same situation and it, and it shouldn't have been dog. So the foul was the right call. Obviously, obviously the previous week, there was the, the additional factor of a penalty had been awarded and that needed to be overturned. So VAR in that situation was right to get involved for that. And then it did bring dog. So into play. So, 
I can see why they spent a bit of time on that one. But I think I, they landed in the right place by going, no, it's not Dogzo. And I think this one should have been the same. Uh, I, I know I'm only talking to Knicks fans, but I'm yet to see anyone that kind of has made any realistic argument that it should it should have been anything but just a yellow card and a foul. Um, obviously, that's... Uh, Forced Ufi to take action and get his uh, get the f- uh, fourth choice centre back on Finn Sermon uh, for David Ball. Uh, fairly obvious um, uh, swap there. Uh, it got a little bit um, dicey for twenty or thirty minutes here, didn't it? Sure, it looks like he's gone to a back three as well um, with the wing backs. So because Roof is dropping back into centre back quite a lot when we have the ball. Um, that's yeah. I, I that wasn't on defence. That was only just that's kind of a um, an old four two three one scenario. Well, I mean, by the end of the game, he was definitely in the back three. We're playing five three five three one. I don't, I don't recall. When- I, I think he was running out of legs, mate. I think he just was <laughs> hanging back. The one thing I liked this week about us hanging on was that we weren't just hoofing the ball away just recklessly when we did get the ball we tried to keep it it wasn't so it wasn't perfectly successful but at least it was something we weren't just panicking um so that was something but we were under the pump here for quite some time i mean position wise sure territory sure but in terms of chances i mean not really i mean up until williams goal we looked pretty comfortable um and then of course there were a couple of chances very late on but up until that chance we, we looked like yeah it was that uh, i'm just trying to think what game was it maybe sydney we were two goals down we just defended the box reasonably well gave them the wide areas and you know um and, and cleared our lines when we needed to so it didn't feel like i, I know it was down our end but it didn't feel like you know ollie sales pulling off save here there and everywhere to keep us in the chance or, or luck no, that or is luck true blocks or anything like that like they didn't have too many decent, decent chances, um, barring obviously the Williams chance, which wasn't even a decent chance, but a hell of a finish. It was a beautiful oh, finish. Yeah. It was a crack, absolutely cracking goal. Diving header at pace is, it's a beautiful thing, but man, it's got to be hard to execute, especially, what was it, the 80th minute, his legs have got to be toast from running up and down that paddock. It's a, it's a blame on Piney too. That's a blame on Piney goal because his commentary did mention the shirts off 12 seconds before they scored. Um, so that's uh, Piney owes the Phoenix a goal or two now. Yeah, to be fair, Paddy mentioned it in our, um, in our chats uh, that he was a bit dubious about getting his shirt off there. So, um, yeah, I'm putting it on him as well. Uh, yeah, um, as you mentioned, uh, Dale, it got a, even closer to the goal. Um, the crossbar doing a fantastic effort, keeping it out a couple of times. Even then, I didn't feel particularly concerned, even with it pinging off the crossbar more than once. Um, is that down to confidence in Ollie Sale, or am I just an absolute poor judge of a game? I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't concerned, but I had embraced the darkness and just assumed we were losing by this point. I, uh, everything about my Phoenix fandom told me this was done and dusted. Even, even way back when Payne got sent, I had embraced the fact that that was three points gone. So, um, yeah, if anything, I was, I was happy when it uh, ended up the way it did. But yeah, I mean, 
they had a lot of chances, but the conditions probably helped us a lot because, as as we said earlier, I mean, I don't think Perth play, play a lot in the mud like this. I mean, that's a, a horrid pitch to try and build up on against, you know, 10 men behind yeah, the ball. I think you mentioned a solid point, Dave, about, you know, when you're playing against 10 men who are, who are you know, putting lots of players behind the ball, you want to be able to move the ball quickly. And that pitch ain't letting you, letting you do that. So maybe in, in terms of, in some ways, that actually helped us secure two points. Because if that was on, say, Sky Stadium, you know, move the ball around quicker, move us around, yeah. um, you know, we might have been in a bit more trouble. Yeah. I think conversely, though, as you said earlier, we gave up wide areas a lot. And the sort of football you do want to play in that situation is putting in crosses from wide areas. Um but you still need to, you know, to take advantage of the extra man, you do need to be moving it too to open up more space than you would otherwise. So there's a there's a bit of a um, double-edged sword there in that. It was a little bit of a shame that Craig didn't take his chance. I think it was about the only chance we had in the second half where he kind of made a very jinking mm. cut in from the um, touchline ahead. I think a 1-2 with Costa and, and got a shot away, but was a bit too close to the, to the keeper. Yeah, that was a good bit of footwork through two and three people and getting a shot away. I was a bit disappointed with the shot, to be quite honest. It, it felt like it wasn't it wasn't as testing of the keeper, especially when you know that he's not been particularly flash. Yeah, you want to you force something there against a keeper who's had a case of the dropsies all day, you know. I feel like you could have you tested him more. Yeah. Um, so... Um, a point saved or two points lost? Oh, yeah, I think two points lost as well. Um, I think I think with 11, we win that game. And we, we go on and score another goal or two, to be honest. And it was they only came back into it because we were down a player. I think that's right. I think it's it's where do you want to where do you want to attribute blame there? Do I think the, the players who were out there? I think I think they they held on for a point. I think they did bloody well. But I think it's two points lost to that red card decision. Um, which I, I don't like the decision. I don't think it's the right decision. But I think once we went to 10, we dug in deep and we saved the point. Um, that's that's how I view it. So if, you, if you're talking about the 10 guys who are on the field, you look at it as saved the point. If you look at it as a you know, more holistic view, it's, it's two points lost to a bad decision. Yeah, I think I'd be more upset if just about every other team hadn't drawn in the, in the round. Like I think, you know, um, there were four draws Saturday and Sunday, so we didn't really lose any any ground on anyone. So I guess in that scheme of things, getting away with the draw, you may be kind of relieved and and just yeah happy that you haven't lost any any ground on with anyone else. Um, regarding the red card and the suspension, um, the Knicks released a press statement uh, saying that they had appealed on the grounds that it uh, process hadn't been followed and that it wasn't a clear and obvious. Uh, error to overrule the, the referee um, that got waved away. It, 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 no, it was it was that VAR shouldn't even looked at it because it wasn't a clear and obvious, so he shouldn't even been called yeah. to, the, to the to the to the monitor. Um, yes, that is very true, and um, that was waved away, and a minimum one match suspension has been meted out. So uh, Tim Payne will miss this week. Uh, that's a bit of a concern. Um, with Wooten probably going to be out, Tim Payne out, that leaves Laws and Sermon. Or uh, Rufa goes back there and Pennington and Yugakovic play middle of the park. Is that better? We, mm, we, 
we're, we're light a player in either position, no matter which way you put it. So I'm just going to put this out there that Finn Sermon's appearances so far this season have been somewhat underwhelming. I actually thought he did all right. I think she did have done all right on Saturday. Yeah, I think he could have done slightly better with the William, Williams goal and, and trying to jam up the, the crossing channel. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, do you really want to play, you know, a young kid in a victory away? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Rufa goes back there because he's done it in the past and he, he looked he looked pretty good. I, I, I put Rufa back. I think that's the better option. And to be fair, yeah, Rufa was excellent. Rufa was excellent on the weekend. He he looks like he's starting to get back towards the form he had before he got injured, where when he's on the ball, he looks like he has time and he's finding time and space within the midfield to pick his passes. And there's one particular pass he did for involvement in one of the goals. I can't remember which one it was. It was yeah, it was particularly delightful. And I'm like, that's, that's the Rufa I'm expecting to see come back. So... I, I agree. Having Rufa back in there is is a massive plus, and uh, if we have to put him at centre back for this game, perhaps it's the right call. One one more argument for it is I think um, I think Pennington's long passing game is is probably second behind Lewis in that those middle four um, central midfielders. So I think that probably adds us a little bit more than I think. Perhaps Rufa and Yugakovic do, um, and there I think you know both of them are a bit more of a short passing passing pair. So um, there's also that option too. I've got to say I don't mind the idea of Rufa going back there. I think he's he's a very well-rounded player. One of the things I did like about him uh, since he's come back, though, have you noticed that he's been getting further forward as well? He hasn't been afraid to kind of get into that final third and make himself available, which is something I've criticised him for in the past, is he's tended to sit back a lot, whereas now he looks like he's he's looking to get forward and make some opportunities. Um, we'll miss that, but um, as you say, Pennington's long passing, and Ugarkovic gets forward a bit. Right, so uh, as you mentioned, the victory game, uh, the Melbourne victory sitting right at the bottom of the table. Um we're, even with those injuries, Lewis, Tim Payne out, potentially Wooten out, um, uh, we've got the firepower to do this, don't we? It's not really, a, it's not really a question, is it? No, this it's, it's we've never gone to victory, being the favourites to win. So I'm reticent to say we are in this particular game. History is not our friend. Don't worry, the bookies the bookies still have us behind. So, oh, and yeah, case I might chuck a buck on two on it. That's great, but I, I don't know, mate. I, I I struggle to say we ever favourites against victory. You're right, Frosty, when you say we should, but whether we do or not is a different story. Like, no doubt about it, we should be going there and teaching them a lesson, but whether, will we do it? Uncertain. <laughs> no, we lose this game. We shouldn't, but we will. It's it's the next way. This is the way. Yeah. Someone someone pointed out on the, I think on the forums about this reminds them of this game um, when Victory got the wooden spoon. Was it two seasons ago when we went over there thinking we should win, and then um, oh, who was that giant um, that played for them? Um, 
oh god he scored two goals from a head he's like seven foot tall and he was absolute donkey the first this season oh the swedish guy not not to, um no no um juice you yeah oh no one's fucking don't up. Remember him. Sorry, i can mate. picture him but i can't he's, remember he's the so name. shit i don't remember his name yeah i think he got released that's saying something. Cam remembers every footballer's name. <laughs> not quite. R- Rudy Just Just did. Is that it? Oh, it's like the Dutch guy or something, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he scored two against us and then did nothing for the rest of the season. I remember that. Oh, he's now playing. He's now playing in the Iran Pro League. So there you go. Yeah. To be fair, we do have a long and glittering um, history of playing victory players into form. So. I'm questioning who will be able to pick out this time. Um, I've got to say I am still reasonably confident um, purely because, like I mentioned before, I saw Matt Acton play against Perth and he was diabolical. Like He couldn't catch anything, passed it straight to one of their attackers for a goal. Just everything was just an absolute nightmare. So I am hoping that he'll do that again. And um, No, he's going to be Peter Schmeichel in this game, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Just as you guys are bringing me down, <laughs> right? Yeah, we're going to talk about the woman because. Just before we go to the woman, can I just do a little bit of a bus shout out? Like, want to obviously just say what an awesome trip that we had, um, and I think it was also great to meet some new people. Not that I don't love you all, but um, but there were some people on there that like. Yeah. I've never seen before, never met before, and they joined us, which was awesome. I had a chat to one of the guys who sit stands and has stood behind like ten rows behind us for ever, basically, um, who just decided to get involved on the bus trip. Um, there was also the two lads who um, one of them said to me, the first time that I saw you was at the um, worst game of all time live show so that was a great intro <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> no <laughs> that's that was tracy at her finest if i recall <laughs> it, it could have gone anyway though like there could have been a, another worse story than that <laughs> yeah true anytime that's the opening sentence you know it's going to end well the first time i saw you was and you're thinking oh a lot of bad answers here I I, uh, I drive I drove past you guys on the way back and gave you a toot uh, somewhere around Pawatahanui, I think it was. We were dancing uh, like, by that yeah. stage. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not surprised. No, but com- completely agree with you, Trace. Like, I think um, it was it was a great vibe on that bus. It was it was nice, and I think probably a couple of years of COVID and no real away trips like that in quite a while um, made it all the more fun. Like, it's been a long time since we've got to do a bus trip like that, and it was cool that. Um, there was obviously some of the familiar faces, but a few new ones as well. And that um, no, was nice. I think it probably felt more new faces than usual as well, because it's been so, so long, you know, normally you get one or two kind of trickling in each season. Um, but this time it was, you know, the first bus trip we've done in how many years. So um, it was cool to see all those people and, and get involved. And if anyone has my bottle opener, I'd like it back. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it was new faces, Dave, and not just your short-term and long-term memory being Rona-affected? I mean, there's always an element of that. There was definitely definitely some drinks consumed, maybe some shots on the bus, you know. 
it's all a bit blurry by the end. Yeah, as long as you're brocking and drinking responsibly. I'm sorry for stealing your backpack, Dale. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. It, it caused me to knock on the window uh, to wake up my wife to let me in the house at 11, 11.30, whatever it was. So. Ooh, Jesus. Tracy, mate, Tracy, Tracy, Tracy. How, many, how long have you been sleeping on the couch since then? Pretty much. She's surprisingly good about to it. To be fair, it was a it was a joint error. I had the backpack on my back, and Dale went to find it, and I said, "I've got it." And then we got off the bus, and then in our haste to disperse, I still had it when I got to the train station. Um, Sounds like stole to me. <laughs> yeah, so you, you picked up his bag and left with it. I mean, it sounds yeah. a lot like he a, also a didn't Tracy ask problem. Me for it, so. Well, he did yeah, say, but... Where's my bag in your version of events? Yeah. But I was honest and I said, I'm wearing it. <laughs> I have it on my back. That's, that's, the, that's usually the key to give it back to him, generally, you know. Didn't... But we were still on the bus, so I couldn't give it back to him because I also was holding like four other bags. But Ash stole someone's laptop. So, <laughs> oh, okay, so Ash wins, really. Yeah. Whole, whole trip, so get he, drunk, Ash gets a new laptop. Fantastic. <laughs> so what we're talking now is a gang of thieves. <laughs> you charge these people for bus tickets and then rob yep. them. Well done. Good work, yep. team. Yep. Good work. Yep. Oh, that is outstanding. Uh, I feel a lot better about my missing bottle opener now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, we know who's probably got it. <laughs> yeah. Right, are you all ready to talk about the uh, Wahinux? Yes. yes, good. Uh, another very entertaining game. Um, obviously, a bit of a delay with um, weather stopping their flight going over, so the game had to be postponed for a day, uh, but eventually got over to Brisbane and started very slowly. That's, that's not just the end of it either, because then they had to go via Christchurch some, and some state overnight, and then that flight was delayed by another three and a half hours as well. Oh, really? So there was there was uh, one flight cancelled, pushed the next day, and then delayed by three and a half hours. And some of them were, process, I think, uh, working off like about four hours sleep. So there was, there was the most unideal build-up to this game you could possibly imagine. Maybe this is the recipe for success, though. Maybe we found it. Maybe we need to just throw them all on different planes and let them have no sleep, a bunch of transfers, and then from the airport straight onto the Well, mate, Herodotus Herodotus did say great deeds are usually wrought at great risks, so... Maybe maybe, um, we get the SAS to uh, organise their transport, just a bag over the head and just dropped out out the back of a bus or something. That's a thought. (laughs) They drop, drop... Drop them in the desert uh, of the desert road, and they have to make their own way to the games. How's that? Yeah, yep. there you go. They'll they'll be tough. The ones that survive. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got to say, they hung pretty tough. Two 0 down after um, after what was it? Twenty one, twenty two minutes. It wasn't very long. Yeah. Um. So uh, and a set piece goal. Uh, I think it was Gory for the first one at fourteen. That was not feeling all that good and then the um was it the red first or the yes yeah the second goal the second goal came about from the red card okay uh yeah um uh, mckenzie barry had been done just prior to this and got ghosted uh taylor didn't think that she wanted to do the same thing so uh threw the shoulder into the back of i can't remember who it was for brisbane um 
this seemed pretty red to me. Yeah, yeah no arguments with this one, mate. It was a genuine dog so fair call by the referee. Yeah. Yes, stark contrast, yep. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just to prove that we aren't biased at all, it was definitely <laughs> a red. Sorry, Kate. Um, yeah, no, another goal as well. Uh, two nil down, um, one player down at 28 minutes. It was feeling like this is going to be, even after uh, last week's fantastic result, that this is just going to be bad. Anyone else feeling otherwise? Once once we were down to 10 and 2-0 down, I didn't see a way back into this at all. But um, fortunately, Nat and Callum did. I, I've got to say, um, I, I really rated the amount of freedom that they played with. Um, the, the fact that they were still willing to attack and attack with numbers when they were down to 10 was astonishing. Obviously, Brisbane were astonished as well because the number of times they got cut open, even with a uh, player advantage. Um, I think I, I genuinely think they couldn't cope with the change to a back three. So the back three with the wing backs that they were playing, they because Michaela Foster went up and down that line like a dynamo the entire game they couldn't cope with the width she was providing and the ball she was delivering and the fact that she is has such fitness that she can run that in that 30 degree heat run that line um and yeah that just it provided the 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 freedom for those players in front to get into space as well so uh yeah i just that that change to a back three turned out to be quite inspired well, ironic then that it was Foster that was involved, but uh, over static ball, free kick. Uh, this was pure cheek. Uh, going near post, uh, oh, I, I loved it. It was a long way out. What, 25? Oh, more. It, it, like it, it bounced on the other side of the wall before it went into the goal. So she, she is miles out, but she's picked that spot perfectly. Yeah, um, how how bad was the uh, goalkeeper's positioning? I, I couldn't see much wrong with this. Dale, Dave, you guys are the experts, or certainly more expert than me. She was, I think she was standing about on her six-yard box, sort of maybe towards the, the middle, expecting a, a cross and giving herself a bit of a head start. It reminded me of, um, was it a week or two ago, Andrew Redmayne, or was it this weekend, got done in a similar fashion, maybe against victory of... of been too far forward and getting pinged by um, last week. Was it last week? Yeah, got pinged yeah. at near post. Kind of, kind of quite similar. Um, yeah, well, well taken. Yeah, uh, the surprise on her teammate's face was quite, um, quite evident. Um, a little bit, bit of, uh, rough on Fozzie because I think she's, uh, I think she's picked that and got it. I don't think she was doing anything else. Um, then. Uh, the game was open, I think, is a nice way of saying this, between the, that goal and the 66th minute. Um, it didn't feel like we were playing with a, with 10, though. Not at all. Not at all. Um, I, I think Dan Gordon, who's the strength and conditioning coach, can take a bit of a bow here because in what was a 30-degree heat with no uh, cloud cover at all and uh, you're playing uh, one player down for was it 70 
minutes, 75 minutes, or whatever whatever time she got 70 off, 70th minutes, 70-ish minutes. That's uh, that's a phenomenal effort from the woman, and I think he can uh, he can take a lot of credit for the fitness levels that they can show to be able to put in that level of press and harry and drive when they are backs against the wall with numbers is this part of i guess the benefit of having such young players is that one they they're they they still believe that they can but also they've got the legs to just go all day I mean, there's an element of that, but I think I think you said the key word there. I think um, this was this showed what a little bit of belief can do. You know that that previous result I think's given them some confidence and some belief. Um, and then you pair that with the fact that what was happening on the field would have only given them more belief, right? You know, down to ten, they were still right in this. Every time they were attacking, they were they were making gains. It wasn't like the kind of brick wall they've been banging them banging their heads against some other weeks where it just feel, felt like it was getting nowhere which doesn't make you want to dig deeper and keep running right whereas knowing what a result feels like you know a big result at home and then knowing that actually what you're doing in this game was having some impact and and you know chances would come I think probably helped them to dig deeper obviously the fact they're young and that they are fit helps but that mentality and that change of mindset, I think, probably counts for more here. If if you were down by 10 and felt like you were going nowhere, you're not going to dig as deep. doesn't matter if you're fit and young, right? Yeah. Um, I, I would love to get on to the um, Clegg goal, but uh, Trace? Oh, I was just going to agree with what Dave was saying. Like, I've, I don't think the fitness isn't anything new, right? Like, they were, they've been fit for this season sort of thing. So, yeah, credit to the strength and conditioning coach for getting them fit, but the mentality, I think, is what has changed. And that's really important. And having that belief is, for me, the the driver for being able to continue. And, yeah, just echoing what Dave said, I can run, but if I don't believe I can get anything from it, then I'm less inclined to do so. But if I know that, Sub, that what I'm doing is working now and we've seen results from it much more likely to put that effort into it yep um, somewhere we saw that confidence it was the goal on the 66th minute uh, Clegg has picked that ball out and just driven at that their um, back line and threw it and absolutely clubbed it past the keeper this speaks to me of someone that has no self-doubt at all Silent nods. Yep, I've made a great point. Obviously, yeah, I completely agree. I've got nothing to add, Frosty. You've done well. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, I, this this is something I think that the teams missed for some weeks at the beginning of the season. That confidence to just pick up the ball and go. You know what? I'm going to make something happen. I, I cannot believe that this is the same team that we saw for those first five or so weeks it just they look like they didn't want the ball now they're it's like they want the ball and they want to do something with it well remember that first 45 against melbourne city right that that team looked like they knew how to play football and wanted to play football and i think it just got beaten out of them over a few weeks there and they were some tough beats man you know some some bad periods you know you dropped your head for five minutes and suddenly you were you know three goals down uh, that must have been tough to take but we had seen glimpses of them playing some football earlier. I mean, like I say, that first half of the season, 
was bloody good you know we we were all thinking shit this is going to go all right and then it didn't for a long long period um uh, how much credit are we giving to the coaching staff as a, to to get this kind of such rapid turnaround cuz it i i struggle to see how you could do it that quickly or is this just that everything that the last game and this game was just when everything clicked i give a lot of credit to the uh the canberra coaching staff for not pressing us at all because um, i think our our confidence is built off the back of that you know they gave us some space to play with and and we've taken that and run with it. Yeah, I remember saying at the time, I wasn't sure if we were good or if Canberra were bad. And I think it was both. And I think having that result has definitely boosted morale and more than likely also boosted morale in the coaching staff. So that again leads to you wanting to try harder because you can see that things are starting to click into place. Yeah, I think I think clearly there's been some stuff there that obviously the coaching staff have been working on, but I just don't think the players have really had the the chance to showcase it. And now that Canberra game gave gave them a bit of a, a bit of a chance to, and now they now they're believing in the system, they're believing in what they were doing, and they're getting the results out of it, which I think is great. And you know, it it it's a new setup, few new players in there. You know, some of that stuff always takes a bit of time to build, and that women's season is not particularly long, so you could be halfway through the season compared to you know, what would only be the first few weeks in a Premier League season, you know? Um, so it's hard to judge on a, a few games, but I think we're seeing it start to click now. And, the, and pre-seasons are very short as well. I mean, I think one thing that's important thing to note that at this point last season, we only had one draw. You know, we didn't, but our game, first game until the 12th game, I think. So, um, you know, maybe there is a little bit of, you know, learning lessons in the first part of the season. Uh, with the younger side that that takes longer than perhaps a more experienced side yeah for sure um i i um i actually want to get on to the next goal but it is a bit of a lead and um one of the players i've been really really impressed with the, the last two weeks especially uh grace wisniewski um she has done a power of work since she came in. Um, considering, you know, she she wasn't really a nailed on starter by any stretch at the beginning of the season. She looks to be the 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 pivot for that midfield. Yeah, well, I think that also helps. You know, has it play a bit further forward. Her coming back into the system gives us a bit more flexibility than than perhaps um, we had, or at least gave us a a chance to kind of think a bit more about who to play where because you know we did have a long period of time where we were missing you know three or four players each week so now they're starting to get a few more a few more bodies back um giving us a bit more you know options and, and competition mm. um well it, the fact that we haven't mentioned Alyssa Wynnum's name basically the last two weeks kind of shows that how well that attacking um line is playing we're not looking for to find a, a magic reserve or something out of nowhere. Um, with Grace Wisniewski, um, she too has absolutely um, ripped one in from nowhere. This is a great midfielder's goal. I think this was the goal of the round. I think it was definitely the goal of the game. I, I thought all three of our goals were excellent, mm-hmm. um, but this one particularly just this got me out of my seat with a proper wow. Yeah, it, it certainly didn't hurt that it was the go-ahead goal, um, but 
on its own. That is a cracking drive into the bottom corner. Um, yeah, I, I was I was really stoked that um, Wisniewski scored this because her work has been really outstanding. Her passing as well to open up that front third, uh, I've thought has been really good, um, especially a bit of range in the passing as well, not just short dinks. Um, unfortunately, it was closely followed up by uh, Brisbane equalising. This was really a nail in the tyre, wasn't it? I honestly don't remember it. I remember the feeling. I don't remember the goal at all. Um, they've they've chipped the chipped the keeper from inside the box, um, having hit the crossbar a couple of times. Um, yeah, they they were well inside the box, and they've just managed to place it over the top of over the top of Bree. She couldn't quite get to it. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a it was a quite a letdown considering how the rest of that half had gone. Um, yeah, certainly took the wind out of the sails. Almost got all that wind back again straight after it, but oh, oh, there was a couple of there was a couple of things in there. The crossbar did an admirable job, uh, at least twice, maybe three times. I think uh, Bree was um, left stranded. She's she's not the tallest keeper in the world, so she was really struggling to get up there. But man, that that woodwork took a bit of a hammering. This this was the only part of the game where I remember feeling like we were down to ten. Uh, there was a large patches of the rest of the game where I kind of forgot about it, but the last kind of six or seven minutes, it felt a bit like we were, you know, one person down. Um, they, there was obviously a bit of a step up in Brisbane, getting a getting a bit of a bit of wind in their sails as well, but it, it felt like we were missing a person for for a little bit here. To me, it felt like the legs were just starting to go for all yeah. that attacking play. It's got to suck the the energy out. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, realistically, it, if anyone was winning the game, it should have been the Knicks. Uh, who was it? Was it Robertson? Yeah, Mikhail Robertson. Yep. Has run off the shoulder of the defenders, nice pass in, uh, and slotted it past the keeper only to be ruled adjudged offside. Um, the angle on the TV is obviously not no. anywhere near to side on, but... She is very, very fast, oh, deceptively fast. She's definitely yep. onside, no questions. I won't have any questions about that at all. No correspondence. It's just a really bad liner decision. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. The whole the whole thing felt very odd. Um, I think it wasn't helped by the fact we had commentary that was clearly remote. Um, they were watching the same video footage as us, which cut away to replays and uh, was talking up the goal. And a lot of stuff seemed to be going on that all seemed a bit strange to me because um, it looked to me like Brisbane picked up the ball and were taking it to halfway and goal was awarded. We certainly celebrated like it had and commentary cut to a cut to a replay to show the goal. And then suddenly we were back and the keeper was playing it. Um, now, to my understanding, we don't have VAR in, in the Liberty A-League, so it wasn't decided on review, which means the flag must have been up straight away, I guess. Which seems a bit strange to me because the players certainly don't react like the flags up. They just don't. No one reacts like the flags up. I, I thought I heard them say on the commentary that it's a late flag, but I wasn't sure if that was a guess or whether because they were just watching the same footage as us. We never saw a flag. Um, I think that's just what they've guessed. But I mean, it, it felt very strange. But yeah, the replay we saw was far from definitive. But I. 
I was chatting with um with Domi on Twitter afterwards. I said, in many ways, I honestly hope there's an angle that shows it's clearly offside, um, because it'll be a much easier decision to take if if it was offside. If if that angle we saw is the only angle, it's yeah, it looks on to me. Yeah, it it it's a real gut burner if it, if um they think that they've they've managed to get it and I'm yet to meet an attacker that thinks that they're ever offside to be quite honest so yeah you ne- you'll never know all convinced they're fast too but Mickey at least backs it up <laughs> and she wouldn't lie to you would you did did she swear on a uh, an orange jersey <laughs> something like that oh can't say that she, it must have been true then um yeah that, this is a I mean um Unfortunately, the next game is a buy for the Knicks. Um, this buy couldn't have come at a worse time, really, could it? I, I don't think it could have come at a worse time. I think they're just hitting their straps. Um, they are playing good football, getting results. However, we've had some injuries. Um, we like an extra week off. We'll give a chance for some tired legs playing at some pretty ugly kickoff times by the looks of it in Australia in some ugly conditions. A chance to recuperate, take a break for a couple of days. You know, there's there's positives to it as well. So, yes, it doesn't come at the right time because of momentum and things, but um, looking at the games we've got coming up, we're also playing teams that are directly above us. I think we've got one game against um, Victory, who's quite a way above us on the table, but there's... Um, you know, there's like two or three games in there which are infinite, infinitely winnable. We we certainly can beat those teams on the performance that we've had. So, I, I it, it's a it's a double edged sword for me. Well, uh, looking at the table for the Knicks, they are sitting at the bottom still uh, with five points, but only two points behind the Jets uh, and a superior goal difference after the last uh, that effort against Canberra um, got that down to negative nine. Uh, Jets negative uh, 13 so they're uh, obviously a bit porous there um, the Novocastrians um, the uh, obviously the buy we mentioned before um, I should probably revisit the men's table uh, which now sees the Knicks sitting fourth uh, only by one point over fifth place Adelaide but uh, equal on points with the Wanderers who have a one goal superior goal difference um, and only two points behind the um, Mariners too. So everything's looking positive, dare I say it, touching wood. Uh, is everyone else feeling that way or is it just new frosty new year? Oh, it certainly feels like it's moving in the right direction, which is which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it'd be hard not to be positive. You know, we've had a couple, a couple good results, and things are ticking along nicely. The only, the only real concern for us remains injuries. If you had all those players back, I think you'd be looking at pretty much any team in the in the league and thinking they're beatable. Mm. I, I was, to be honest, meaning the um, both teams in the club, uh, not just the women. Um, how do you guys? Obviously, you're talking about the, the women's. How, how do you feel about the um, men at this point in the season? I think Dave was talking about the men, but I definitely was talking oh, okay. about the men. Well, in that case, I you read me the men's table and then asked me how I felt. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think um, for different reasons. Um, I think you know for the men, like with there or thereabouts, a couple of injury suspensions. Like it, it's a question of whether they're going to trip us up or not, or whether we can kind of grind through the next couple of weeks, um, eke out a couple of results, and then have to get a couple more bodies back. 
Um, that that injury to the, I think Lewis is is could be a very challenging moment for our season. I think uh, he's been fantastic this year, isn't he? He's, he's he's really stepping up, and I agree. He says he's going to be a miss for eight weeks. I think you look look oh look at the table too, mate. There's five points between third and eleventh. You know that that doesn't take you long to fall out of the playoffs. And you'll still be in contention, obviously, but it's tight. Yeah, but also looking at looking ahead, you know, I think Melbourne City are coming back a little bit to the pack, um, you know, with the change of coach and stuff like that. I think, you know, um, there's talk that they might end up selling a couple of players. So, you know, I w- I'm not going to say we're going to finish them first, but if you look ahead, you know, I think uh, we're in behind. We're only behind Central Coast in terms of our form since the the break in the World Cup cycle. So. Um, I mean, that puts us in pretty good position for the second half of the season. Well, uh, the upcoming games for the men's team, there's four on the road, uh, which isn't uh, the best of news, but three of those four, Victory, MacArthur and Western United, all all definitely beatable, I think is a an appropriate way of saying it. Uh, and then the fourth game is the Mariners. Uh, obviously a bit of a step up against those teams. Do we think that we've got some kind of um, consistent road performance in us now, based on what you've seen? Well, I, th- I think under Ufiel, away performance, even excluding those two COVID kind of years, has been much better than previously. There has been previous um, coaches. And I don't know what that's to do with, whether it's just we've got better competitive side that we can compete more often. I, I, I don't really know, but it doesn't feel like Previous seasons where we'd go over, yeah, we'll travel overseas and go, mm, if we're lucky, we'll get a point, um, but we're expecting a loss. So, yeah, I think, like I say, I think they're all definitely winnable. Um, I don't think we'll win them all, but, um, you know, if we go away and get even 10 points, I think, or maybe even, you know, eight points or seven points, it's probably not a worse return um, given who we've got out for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think you're right. I think under Ufi, the away fixtures have felt less of a factor. <laughs> Um, barring two, which is the Perth trip. That always feels like a big factor, particularly with the, the midnight till 2am time slot we seem to get. But victory away as well still feels like a an away fixture that we struggle with. Yeah, but is that just our historical bias? Do the players really feel that? You know, most of them have not had that bogey over them. Victory haven't been this bogey team for us for quite some years. I mean, perhaps, but the, the results still don't lie. Um, even if, even if it's not a thing individual players are aware of, it's still a trip we seem to struggle with for whatever reason. I mean, maybe it's a bit of atmosphere type stuff, you know. It, it's and, and that kind of thing won't be theoretically won't be around uh, for this game. So there's always that. Yeah. Uh, the on the women's side, the uh, obviously they've got the bye this week. Uh, the next game is against uh, the Wanderers at oh, somewhere for the Wanderers. I don't know where they're going to make the women play this time um this should be a game that the um women's team are targeting i'm guessing uh wanderers not being the flashest um then there's two home games it looks like they've got a buy on the 19th as uh, well that's uh, international window isn't it yeah international window we've got uh, oh, right. yeah, fans fair enough. argentina oh that's something to look forward to uh but Two um, home games against Sydney and Brisbane, uh, then Sydney away. Uh, that, to me, looks like 
uh, certainly Brisbane and the Wanderers uh, points available for the the Wahinaks. One of those home games is in Auckland as well. Yeah, the twenty fifth of February. Yeah, twenty sixth. Yeah, that one. That's in. That's um, definitely at uh, North Harbour Stadium. Yeah, they, they finished with a fairly um, winnable run. They got Perth at home, Newcastle away, and Adelaide away. So um, it's not the worst final few games. No, but I think at, at this stage, I don't know if we're targeting playoffs or it's just basically get get points, right? Yeah, I mean, I think playoffs are well beyond us. We're 13 points behind. Yeah, it would take quite the effort. Um, but yeah, it, the fact that we've still got winnable games and the team's playing reasonably, that's a good sign. Cool. Uh, has anyone got anything that they f- feel a need to plug apart from what a wonderful experience uh, the bus ride was, even if the destination wasn't so flash? Hey. I mean, shout out to Barbara. She yeah, always okay. needs a shout out. You're going to s- explain who Barbara is? If you don't know Frosty, you clearly don't deserve the joy that is hanging out with Barbara. <laughs> the woman is a saint. Barbara was our bus driver, Frosty. And she made a sign. She got a sign made for the bus that said, all aboard the Wayne train. Um, like, just off her own bat, just did that, showed up, put it up, in the, had it in the bus. It was amazing. Nice. Nice. Fair and fair to say, Barbara's been a saint putting up with us quite a few times before. Um, she knows what she's in for and she still says yes to driving us places. It's a respectful funk of, a respectful group of drunken people is probably quite good for her. I'm sure she gets a lot worse than uh, than a group of football fans after a few beers because uh, you guys are pretty good, to be fair. On that note, I'm going to go polish my halo. <laughs> That's not a euphemism. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Okay. Okay. We're going to end it on that note because I don't think I can top that at all. At least I pray I don't. Um, Thanks for listening. Uh, We'll have another pot out next week uh, and we'll talk then. Bye.